What's up, all you beautiful creepsters? This is Rachel from Texas, and you're listening to a Paranormal Chicks Sinister Sightings. Keep it creepy, y'all. I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 146. Woo, woo. I don't know. I'm very pumped today. Well, you know why? Why? We have an intro. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, we, I cut that. Okay. Nope. We got it. Oh, it. God. That was terrible. You did it, and I had to hear it, so did they. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an intro, so holla fucking Luya. Yes, Rachel H. Thank you. And she's from Texas. I know, and she did that, and you know she's from the South when she's like, keep it creepy, y'all. Like, y'all, that, I forget that not everyone says that, Mm -hmm. and so when someone says you all, I'm like, huh, that is what that means. (laughs) Like, y'all is just it. Hey, if you want to introduce an episode and be as fucking awesome as Rachel H., head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All right, jumping right in. The first one is from Anonymous. We'll call them Sophia. Hey, beautifuls. I think I told you about the house fire and the cross on the wall the last time I wrote into you. Yes. It- oh, my God. Sorry. I just got super <laughs> excited. But yes, it was that cross that was there. And then. Yes. And no then it one- was fine. Yeah. This story is about the temporary house we moved into right after. We had pretty much the clothes on our backs and a few things we could think of to get started until things were settled. The house was our local home for HIV patients to go in the early 90s when so little was known about it and everyone was afraid. Before that, it was the local general practitioner's home and office. It was the latter that had the most effect on the house. More than one of us and more than one time, we saw a young boy in the hall dressed as if from the turn of the century of 1900. We saw a nurse of the same time period in the large double living room, which was his waiting room and exam room at the time. The lady of the house made her presence felt in the awkward kitchen, or maybe she was a maid. We aren't sure. We were there for three months until we found and made settlement on a new house. The night before we left, we made our final tour to make sure we had everything. Hubby and I encountered a bat in the attic. Guess who beat who down the stairs? The house was great except for the foundation, electrical, plumbing, neighbors, and bat. Creep it real and don't get scared. So literally everything about the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no thank you. Uh-uh. No. That's scary as shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see anybody that shouldn't be in my house in my house. And again, like, I know this is like kind of a, the trite thing to say, but like, when are we going to see... <laughs> Some fucking ghost in like Juicy Couture. Oh, please. Jumpsuit. No. You know please what I'm talking don't. about though? Like, why are they always at the turn of a century of the, like, why are they always in like a white flowing gown or like a sleep outfit with like a hat? <laughs> I am my kerchief and just settled down for a long winter's nap. Like, why do they always look like that? Maybe it's because that's what they feel like ghosts are supposed to look like. And so that's what they present themselves as. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just what we see because we're like, it's a ghost. And that's what we see. And we don't see that they're actually wearing athleisure wear. I mean, I know that's what I would be in if I were a ghost. Oh No, you, if someone saw you as a ghost, they would be like, what in the world? This girl had on red and white polka dot pants and a hot pink shirt with when? stains down the, I'm just saying. 
You're not wrong about the stains. <laughs> I'm not wrong. If Colby calls you out on your outfit. <laughs> it's bad. If he knows that A and B don't go together. There have been so many times that I've walked out and been like, you are so goddamn lucky. Shirt and pants that don't match. Socks, <laughs> Crocs, hair in a messy bun. Oh, he's so lucky. And then he's in full camo. Truth. All right. The next one. Hello, ladies. My name is Hannah Shelby. You can use my real name. And I'm 19 and a first-year college student at the University of Kentucky. Awesome. I just came across your podcast about a week ago, and I am hooked. I listen in the car while cleaning and cooking and even in the bath for a spooky soak. Um, That should be... I need that. Like, we need to do that. A spooky soak? A spooky I love soak. that. And then, like, a bathtub? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just came up with that design. And like, so like literally everything that they just said. Yeah. But like, that should be like a TikTok that we make that we never put out. Or a shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Y'all remember that place. Karen A, I'm looking at you. You know what to do. Anyway, as soon as I listened to A Sinister Sightings, I knew this was my time to shine. Get it, girl. Okay, so my stories are actually quite sweet and lighthearted, thank God. I think if I saw a demon or some shadow figure, long-fingered motherfucker, (laughs) I would quite frankly shit my pants. Uh, 100, same. All these stories are from my childhood, so here we go. The first story takes place at the very first house I ever lived in. This story is from my mother's point of view because I was about one and a half when this took place. For context, my father had children before I was born with his previous girlfriend before my mom and him met and got married. My dad had two twin girls, my half-sisters, and they are about 11 years older than me. Sadly, when they were about nine, one of them, her name was Ariel, I hope I said that right, died in a car accident. Oh, God. Okay, fast forward to me at one and a half. My mom had me on one shoulder and she's walking down the hallway from the living room to the master bedroom. She's holding me over her shoulder so that my head is facing the main living area and her head is facing the master bedroom. My mom said that as she was walking down the hallway, I lifted my head up off of her shoulder, looked to the back of the hallway, pointed and said clear as day, Ariel? If you remember, that is the name of my sister who died in the car accident years before I was born. My mom booked it to the master bedroom, locked the door, and stayed there until my dad got home. She said that she's never been so freaked out in her entire life. She says that this was nowhere near a coincidence because I had just started talking and had maybe 10 words in my vocabulary. If that's not enough, my mother and father had never even talked about her in front of me or talked about it, period, because it was such a sensitive subject for my dad. So how could I have known her name? Weird, right? But at least it was my sister and not Pennywise the motherfucking dancing clown. (laughs) Okay, second story. I'm about five or six and I'm staying at my grandma's house for the weekend and we're in her bedroom. Her bedroom is sort of a loft, so there's a huge skylight on the ceiling, which is a steep slant. I'm playing with dolls or something with my grandma, and I, out of nowhere, start saying a prayer that's like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, etc. My grandma asks me why I'm saying the prayer, and I tell her that something just died. Not even a few seconds later, there was a crash on the skylight. A bird had crashed into the skylight and died on impact. Ooh, spooky. I know. Poor damn bird. And how the fuck did you know? I just love this girl's writing. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, when I was little, I was seeing dead people and predicting bird deaths. 
I'm surprised I don't have my own ghost hunting show by now, or at least on Ellen. Unfortunately, my sixth sense has left me behind in my teen years, but hopefully one day we'll return and I'll be the next Long Island medium and be rich and famous or something. Who am I kidding? I'll probably be paying off student loans until I'm a ghost. Anyway, I have plenty more paranormal experiences I can share at a later date. Thanks for listening. Creep it real and don't get scared. P.S. Your all's laugh is more contagious than COVID. Hannah Shelby. Uh, <sighs> Hannah Shelby, they told me on um, our Facebook Live in our Patreon-only Facebook group that we do every month. Um, just a little plug for Patreon. But they said that they were going to make a drinking game with how many times I said student loans. <laughs> yes. And Everyone then, was like, uh, do you want to die? We're going to die. <laughs> I feel you on that so fucking much. Like, I am literally... <laughs> going to be 900 years old walking to the mailbox paying my student loans off and it is what it is it sounds like you are almost on tiffany's level you just predicted the death you didn't cause it like uh-huh. tiffany does <laughs> wow also if i was your grandma i'd be like um you want some water and be like here's some holy water Here right you go man kids are creepy spritz it on you real quick without you knowing <laughs> it sizzles a little and you're like grandma what happened <laughs> oh sorry Grandma burned me. The Lord did, honey. The Lord did. You burned yourself. (laughs) Okay, this one is called One of My Supernatural Stories. Hey, ladies. This is the first time I've ever written in to any sort of podcast or publication in general, but I just love your show so much. And being a Southern gal myself, I had to share one of my experiences with you. Well, thank you. This incident occurred one of the summers in my teen years in the early 2000s. I was on a family trip with some of my cousins and we were staying at their grandmother's house before departing for an amusement park the next day. So we, me, my cousin, and her sister, my cousin also, settled in for the night into a spare bedroom. Note, their grandmother had been dead for some years and their dad would stay there sometimes when he had to work long shifts since it was closer to his job than the house we had with my aunt. Aside from that, this house in rural North Carolina was empty. So I share the bed with one cousin, I'm against the wall, and she's on the other side of the bed. My other cousin was on a cot situated near the bed with a bit of space in between. We turned the TV off and fell asleep. What happened next, I'll never forget. I was awoken by the loud, sudden fullness of static. It crackled in my head. It was so loud and my eyes were instantly drawn to the left of where I was sleeping. There stood a woman dressed in clothing from the 70s. We're talking knit vest, polyester pants, and a hairstyle that was flipped on the ends. However, her face was dark, like a shadow or a hole that was darker than the rest of her. I let out a shriek due to the shock of being startled by someone standing there. Then immediately after, the radio on the alarm clock started blaring some sort of country music. My uncle and aunt were sleeping across the hall and were awoken by my loud shout and they came running. They asked what was going on as they thought we were still awake and that the TV was too loud. I was still half asleep and chalked it up to an all too vivid dream. The next morning, however, convinced me that I wasn't dreaming. When I told my cousin, who was asleep on the cot, about my dream in air quotes she told me that she was sleeping when she abruptly woke up to the feeling of someone standing over her she was laying frozen on her stomach afraid to move because she thought someone had broken in after all no one should have been in our room at 3 or 4 a.m i saw the lady standing in the exact spot my cousin felt her my aunt and uncle still figured we had both been startled by the alarm clock going off but the thing is 
I was awoken before the alarm clock went off. Then when it went off, it was at the wrong time and turned to some random radio station instead of the steady beeping alarm. And it was loud. I'm convinced the energy from the apparition made the alarm clock go off. It's been years and my cousin and I still discuss this. She thinks it may have been her grandmother or another family member as there was nothing malicious about her spirit. It felt more like I'm here and if there's something you're doing that you shouldn't be doing, you better get it together. You know, much like a grandmother or mother would do. That concludes this particular experience, but I'll write in again to tell you about my first and secondhand accounts of supernatural experiences from my family. For example, my aunt's first time seeing a ghost, the hooded figures I saw at the foot of my bed when I was a child, and the creepy haunted house we used to live in. Keep doing what you do, ladies. Love ya. P.S. You can use my nickname, Peaches, but don't use my full name. Thanks. Oh my God, Peaches. Woo. Oh my gosh, seriously. There's little teasers at the end y'all drop. I know. Ooh. Why are y'all such good writers? I'm I like, know. I wouldn't even think to do that. I'd be like, okay, bye. I know. <laughs> like, I would just end it. Sorry for taking up all your time. I'm really sorry. Sorry about being sorry. Okay, bye. Sorry. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> That's is you in life. I know. <laughs> Carrie makes the sound. I go, sorry. Sorry, I was talking while you interrupted me. Sorry. I can't help it. But like, not in the sassy way. Like, you're serious. Yeah, I'm serious. One time... Back in the day, uh, it was disc jockey in the mall. I ran into Britney Spears, but it was a cardboard cutout, obviously. But I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Because I just thought it was a person there. And then I was like, oh. And Timmy was like, did you just? Yes, I did. I ran into the counter at my old house. You know, the one in the back by that back bedroom. Like uh, the old, old house. Yes. I would run into that motherfucker all the time. And I'd be like, oh, sorry. Motherfucker, it hurt me. It left a bruise on me. And it's not real. I know. I can't help it, though. Also, when you said it started playing some kind of country music, all I could think about was the song in um, Practical Magic, You Were Always On My Mind or whatever, how he, like, sings it all creepily. Yes. You know, like, that's what I just, like, oh, no. (laughs) All right, next one. First of all, holy fuck, y'all are literal queens, and I've been telling everyone I know about your podcast so I can talk to someone about how much I love you guys. When I hear this on an episode, I'm going to shit my pants. Every time I hear that, you know what I think about? No telling. My mama saying, I shipped my pants from that Kmart. Oh my God, that lady, that was a joke for a whole year. Every time, (laughs) oh my God. Okay, so my story is about the house that my brother lived in with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's brother as a roommate. My brother's in denial, but I know there is something in that house. I don't think they would care if I told this story. It's not super significant to them, but I'm going to change their names anyway, just to keep their privacy. Let's call my brother Jamie, his girlfriend Heather, and her brother Jay. All right, while I was in college, I was fresh out of foster care and had gotten my own apartment close to campus with the help of the state as a transitional program. My brother and I were pretty close, so once I was on my own, we tried to spend as much time together as possible. So on weekends and breaks, he'd drive down to get me and take me back to his house. Now, when he moved into this house, it was a big thing for him since he'd only been able to afford apartments before, but with the combined income of three people, they could manage it. Also, how ridiculous are rental prices? (sighs) Preach. Anyway, this was a three-family home and he rented the bottom apartment, quote-unquote, but there was no one renting the top apartments. The landlord was a hoarder of sorts and had multiple rental properties that were just piled with boxes. So the other units were completely full. 
supposedly. I've researched and researched and I've tried to find the history of this house, but I found nothing. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places. Who knows? But I'm convinced that this house used to be a funeral home. The setup of the house was a little weird. You'd walk in the front door. We used the back entrance mainly, but this is important. And there's a grand wooden staircase. Even though the front doors, French doors, let light in, there's also windows that surrounded the doorway. But for some reason, the top of that staircase was always dark and not because there was no one who lived upstairs. The vibes were dark and eerie and definitely had a feeling of stay the fuck away. To the left of the staircase was a double doors into the living room and straight through was the dining room. Jay's bedroom was off the left of the dining room and the kitchen was off to the right. The doors shared a wall on the far side. Does that make sense? Hopefully y'all are following. When you walk into the kitchen, you turn right and Jamie and Heather's bedroom was on the right and a little to the left is the back entrance. With a hallway of stairs that go to the upstairs unit as well, straight forward was the kitchen and to the right of the sink was the bathroom. Now there's two reasons I'm convinced this was a funeral home of sorts at some point. The kitchen and the random weird-ass metal rail in the living room floor. It was brass and quite long, and my brother had to hide it with his couch. I've researched and researched, and I cannot find an explanation for a metal rail in the floor. Now, this kitchen, I would barely call it a kitchen, to be honest. It was in the tiny corner at the back of the house. It only had a stovetop range, no oven, a stackable washer and dryer, and one of those bigger mini fridges, the ones that have the separate freezer part, because there was no room for a full-size fridge and a sink. That's it. Am I painting a picture here? This whole house just gives all the eerie vibes. Sitting in the living room, you could hear footsteps above you. I've heard something coming down that grand staircase. The light in the dining room would go on and off. Once I got annoyed because I was trying to do something and it started happening again and I yelled, can you fucking stop? And it quit. On one of my trips out there, I was alone and was getting bored since everyone still had to go to work and I was on break. So I decided to do a little exploring because, um, hello, I'm nosy. Hi, Donna. (laughs) (laughs) Now, out of pure curiosity, I walk up the back steps in the back entrance up to the second apartment and try the door. It opens. Me being the creepster that I am said this was definitely an invitation. Oh, 100. (laughs) That it wasn't. (laughs) There wasn't anything spectacular up here except that you walk into the kitchen and the appliances were definitely stuck in the 70s, which I thought was pretty cool. There was even one of those mounted swing away can openers on the wall, which I always found really cool because I had never seen one. Now, this apartment was definitely stacked high with boxes. Some rooms you couldn't get into, but there was a good path with a nice berth to walk through. I found the stairs to the third apartment and climbed them, tried the door, and it opened. Now, this apartment was on the third floor, so think converted attic with slanted walls. This apartment is the smallest of them all and completely boxed up. The path up here to walk around is much smaller. Nothing really spectacular going on up here either. The whole time I'm exploring, my heart is racing and I definitely feel all the eerie vibes, which seem to multiply as I get closer to the only bedroom's closed door. I opened it and was in shock. 
where the rest of the apartment was completely full, the bedroom was completely cleared besides two boxes in the corner. The room was made up like someone lived there. The bed was made up. There is a book on the bedside table that looked like whoever had read it last just haphazardly tossed it onto the table. There is an old dial box TV on the stand in the corner and a small writing desk and chair. The floor was clean and there was little to no dust anywhere like someone had cleaned it recently. This bedroom also happened to be the very top window on the front of the house, which always gave me the creepy vibes when looking up at it. The room was cold despite the sun coming through the window and the hairs on my arm stood straight up and I booked it down the stairs. Also, when I tried to look up this house to send a screenshot of the overall creepiness of the whole thing, Google Maps glitched and only the part that included the top window didn't load. Coincidence? I think the fuck not. It looks like the sun, but it's not. Also, ignore my bestie in the corner. I'm not sure why it's boarded up, but I think that adds to the creep. Anyway, sorry for the book. I have some other stories I'd like to share, but I think I'll end it here and write again in a while. And remember to creep it real and get a little scared. Haley G from Kentucky. Also, yeah, it's a screenshot of her phone and she's like on FaceTime. So her bestie's in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Colby took a picture of me on FaceTime the other day and my phone had frozen and it is truly the worst picture ever taken of me in the history of time. Oh, shit. Because I have taken some bad pictures of you before. This is the worst. Oh, God. I have to see it. And I mean, honestly, I think people in the Creepinati need to see it, too. See, this is the kind of access y'all get. (laughs) Also, little Donna. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. I mean, look, being nosy is okay. You're like Donna. If I wasn't lazy as fuck, because I ain't going up three flights of stairs. Truth. Mixed with, uh, what's the girl detective? Nancy Drew. Her. (laughs) Who Donna wanted to be. For real. I read all the Nancy Drew books in middle school. That's fucking hilarious. I love it. But that is creepy, though, about, like, you know, you're seeing all these boxed up things, so you're like, oh, okay, okay, wait, there's someone living here? Like, uh, you look like Carrie looked at that picture. What? Oh, what is happening? Okay, the next one. Hey, Donna and Carrie, I have a doozy of could have been true crime story for you guys. This story was actually told to me by my mom and happened back in her college days in the 80s. My mom had come home on winter break from college for a few days and was, of course, staying in her old bedroom in my grandparents' house. One night, she was out pretty late hanging out with old friends and ended up returning home to an empty house about midnight. My grandparents were out for the night and my aunts had not yet come home from college on their breaks yet. She came in the front door and locked it up behind her. She was greeted at the door by two very anxious Shih Tzu puppies. They were riled up and staying by her side, but apparently that really wasn't that uncommon for those dogs and she didn't think much of it. She went to take a shower and then got in bed. She laid in her bed with the door open, which faced out to a fairly long, dark hallway. She says that she thinks she lay there for about 15 minutes when her dogs, who were laying at the end of her bed, began to growl at the doorway. They seemed to be getting louder and louder. At this point, she wasn't completely alarmed because these dogs would get worked up over the smallest harmless noise. She tried to sleep through it for about 10 minutes, but the dogs didn't stop, so she went to shut the door. After a while, the dogs seemed to relax a little, and she eventually fell asleep. The next morning, my grandpa came in to wake her up when they returned home and told her they were alarmed when coming in from the garage to the kitchen 
to see that the window had been broken and the screen cut. There were also footprints in the snow behind the house leading up to the window that led to and from the street. She realized right then that the intruder had been standing in the hallway that night watching her lay there. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Who knows what could have happened if her dogs had not been there. She's not sure whether the intruder was already in the house when she got home or came in quietly while she was in the bathroom. When she came in the front door that night, she had left the lights off except for the hallway, bathroom, and her bedroom, so she wouldn't have seen the window in the kitchen. To this day, they never figured out who it was or why they were there. Nothing was taken or disturbed. I guess let that be a lesson to always checking your surroundings. Thanks for reading my story. Love the podcast, Lydia B. Holy scary fucking shit. Yeah, no, that's not okay. Also, the slit in the uh, screen, that reminds me of, do you know? I wanted to say uh, scream, but Freddy Krueger. No, the Green Mile. Oh, where, yeah. Where the two girls are asleep outside. And he did it to the screen door. Yes. Oh. See, you tricked me because I was thinking... Uh, like window screen, and that was yeah. the screen door, so that's why I didn't get it. Okay, okay. yeah, just that whole but reason right there. I'm telling you, no, I don't know someone who's scarier than him. I know, and like I cannot like him as a person. Oh my god, because of all the roles that he yes, plays, because he does them, he does them that well. Yes, like from now, like he was Billy the Kid in uh the Green Mile. I and he killed him with they love. Yes, like oh my god, he played that so good. I don't think there's been a better villain than him in that because holy shit. Well, Percy was also a really good villain because yes. I hate him. Yeah, but he's 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 um, also problematic. As yeah, a like actually like that in real life. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but allegedly. I mean, but. yeah, but I'm not saying he's going to like not put the fucking sponge with the sponge. But oh, oh, my God, that's so sad. Y'all, me and Mama went to see that because uh, I learned to read on those books. It was a series. <laughs> Me and Kenneth learned to read on Goosebumps and Stephen King. Um, but me and Mama went to see that in the theater. And uh, Carrie has talked about how I am not a soft crier. No. And I, I knew what was going on. So I knew the part was coming. And I was bawling. My mom said, Donna, he is on death row. Like, acting like he's a, like, and she was like, he is on death row. He has done horrible things. This is a movie. And there were some older ladies in front of me that turned around and gave me Kleenex. Because, you know, they are always prepared. But I was like, thank you. Like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Also, I cried really hard at Dreamer, which is a horse movie. <laughs> I don't watch animal movies, so I wouldn't know. Me and Tiffany went to see it at the mall when it was like United Artists. And the little girl and her dad were sitting in front of us. That little girl turned around to look at me. Tiffany said, that's a damn shame. <laughs> like, <I was> like <laughs> Yeah, that's why I don't watch animal movies. That right there. It, oh, I know. Oh, they I are know. too fucking sad. No, thank you. Also, so I love revenge movies. I don't know why this became a movie thing for me, but I love revenge movies. Like The Punisher and everything. Like, I guess vengeance. You know, it's like, oh, y'all did something dirty. He's going to get you. Like, I love that kind of shit. Okay. So someone said, Hey, you should watch John Wick. Mm -hmm. I was like, Okay, there's three of those. Cause this was during COVID, like my COVID quarantine. So I was like, Oh, there's three movies. Perfect. Yeah. Been there. Know where this is going. Yeah. 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 So um, I was like, Oh, so he gonna like get his family killed. Okay. Cool. 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 Like do it, do it and get him. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. 
Yeah, Colby didn't warn me about that shit. Yeah. He got, his wife died, like, terminal, and she bought him a dog before she died, y'all, and they killed the dog. I'm telling y'all this so you don't have COVID and you can't cry. Like, I was, and it is a cute fucking puppy. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> like, I was texting this one guy, and I was like, like, when I saw the dog, I was like, tell me the dog doesn't die. He didn't read it in time to not to tell me that. Um, And then it happened. I was like, <laughs> yep. Like, don't cry because you can't breathe. And like all of the things, but I could not help it. Oh my God. And everyone was like, it's over a dog in a car. And I'm like, it's so much more than that. Yes. Oh my God. I, all three movies were really good, by the way. And there's a fourth one coming out like either this year or next year. And I'm like all into it. But y'all, I was not ready for that. Nope. I was like, slaughter his family. He's going to kill you. Then that, like that happened. I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. Oh, so yes, I think Teresa said there's like, does a dog die.com or something like that. And I should have checked that out. But it's fucking John Wick. I didn't think there was going to be like a my dog skip in there. Because that movie, if you are sensitive to animals, do not watch that. Yeah, movie. That movie fucking made me ball my eyes out too. My mom again had to say, Donna, this is fake. It's a movie. It's a movie. Like she had to hold me because I was... And I think Tiffany had told me it's really sad. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. No, I wasn't prepared. Was not prepared. My mom really had to put up with a lot. (laughs) I'm very sensitive. Okay, but back to your story, Lydia. I'm so glad your mom is okay. But I would have so much like anxiety when I go into the house that then I would like turn on every fucking light, check everything because, oh my gosh, how creepy is that? And like would... For the rest of my life, have a dog, too. Yes. They would get all the good, good treats. All the everything. Yeah, never get mad at them when they bark. (laughs) No. I'd be like, good boy. (laughs) The next one. Hi, girls. Love the podcast. And I got a few stories of my own, but today I'll only share one because I literally have zero time to myself and I'm typing in my sleep. So picture it. Sacramento, California, circa 2000. And I'm at my boyfriend's house watching a movie while he's next to me falling asleep. I look up towards the ceiling and see four orbs each a little larger than a baseball. Each orb had its own bright color. There was pink, green, blue, and a yellowish white. All of them were bursting like tiny firework displays, and they didn't frighten me, but gave off an excited, happy energy. Mind you, I didn't know their origins, so I did not try to communicate. I only watched in amazement. They moved across the ceiling clumsily, following each other until they disappeared. I saw them three more times after that, only at his house, and once I showed him and he said he had never seen them before. We mentioned the strange orbs to his mother and she said they might be from my boyfriend's great-grandfather's ashes they had in the home. But the weird part was his ashes were part of a huge scandal and were supposed to be sprinkled in the ocean, but were found with thousands of other ashes in a storage locker. What? The pilot worked for a mortuary and obviously never did the sprinkling and could not be found for questioning from what I read in an article. Anyway, I know there was more than one spirit that followed his great-grandfather home. Maybe they knew I could see them and were trying to communicate. It's funny that even in the afterlife, people still click up. 
I hope you enjoyed my proof of an afterlife story. Until next time, stay spooky. See. Okay, well, you sound like Carrie and Colby. Like, he'd be falling asleep and Carrie can see the weirdest shit. Like, when she's, like, tired, she'll be like, I saw an upsided star on your forehead. Upsided? I don't know the words that are trying to... I don't know words, okay? But she has seen that kind of shit before. How shitty are you? The pilot? Yes. Yes. Like, I hope that you are haunted by all of those people because that is what you deserve. Yeah, I do not understand that. Like, how do you do that to somebody? I don't know. My dad would constantly say, because he wants to be cremated, and that's what all of my family has been so far. Like, he's the one who said it, and we were all like, yeah, no, that's good. And then when my sister died, we were like, Oh, it's much cheaper and like all the things, you know, so that's what we do. And he was like, you're not going to cremate me when I died. I'm like, literally have done it twice before. Why would I not fulfill your wishes? Like, uh, no, I don't want you to haunt me. I don't want you to be mad at me. Like, I will do whatever, lay it down, write it all down, and I will do that to a T. If you said dance naked under the moonlight, I would be dancing naked underneath the fucking moonlight. She already does that. I mean, yes. That was true crime and paranormal together. Yeah, that is, I mean, like, I'm more stuck on the fucking pilot that cheated everybody out of their fucking money. Uh-huh. Because that makes me mad. That's so fucking wrong. It's the being taken advantage of for me. Yes. Like, that is what, like, when you hear about Ponzi schemes and, like, people losing their money, like, that's what it breaks my heart. Like when somebody is taken advantage of in a way where they lose like their entire life savings, everything they've built up for, you know, everything that they have, all of that, like that is the stuff that makes me so freaking angry. Yeah, 100. This one is called Sinister Sightings Worst Date Ever. Hey ladies, my name is Danny. First, before we get into this shit fest of a first date story, I just wanted to say that I'm obsessed with you guys. I found your podcast and instantly fell in love because you guys are totally my people. I've even gotten my husband listening and he loves the banter between you both. You guys always make me laugh out loud. It's been especially appreciated during this quarantine where my days revolve around the demands of a tiny three-year-old dictator and a newborn. Oh, oh. Oh, mean. So let's commence with the shittiest of shitty first dates. I know some first dates are horrible, but like, I'm pretty sure I narrowly escaped death with this one. It all started when I was a freshman in college in a small town in New Jersey. It was only about two hours away from my hometown, so a perfect distance where I was far enough away from random visits from family, but close enough to get home-cooked meals for my mom when I was sick of the dumpster garbage in the cafeteria. What? what? Our cafeteria was on the... F- the bomb. On the fleek, is what I almost <laughs> said. <laughs> We're cool. We're with it. <laughs> I'm hip, hip to the hippity hoppity, <laughs> hip, hip, hop. Man, seriously, if I could go back and just get that for a breakfast, the lunch, breakfast. and dinner. Mm. Fuck a freshman 15. I think I gained men 25 pounds our freshman year. For sure. Because of the endless ice cream and the breakfast. Oh my God. All the... Man, the turkey bacon was so good. It was so good. And remember those blueberry muffins? Uh, The best. (laughs) Okay. Obviously, you should have had our comments because so good. It was exciting and I was loving that freedom, binge drinking every weekend. Anyway, a few of my friends and I ended up meeting a few local guys while out one night and I was asked out on a date, which was cool and different because I'm pretty sure freshman year of college dating is like sitting in a dorm room watching movies, fooling around, you know, the height of romanticism. I mean, what's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's like still what we do. I mean, well, I had Carrie as a roommate and she was a cock blocker. 
I was because I was jealous. Okay. <laughs> she don't like you to kiss in front of her. So Ugh. I swear to God, like she would be asleep and then like go in for the kiss and her, like an eye would pop open. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> but this guy actually wanted to take me out. Free food? Hells yeah. So I said yes. To give you a little detail about this guy, he was so normal, you guys. Why the fuck are the biggest creepers the one that come in the most unassuming packages? He was handsome and seemed like he was making moves towards a great future. I was wrong AF. The date started off normal. He picked me up in front of my dorm and told me we were going to do dinner and a movie. Cool, cool. Again, free food, y'all. We started the drive, and since he was local, he said that there was a better movie theater that was about 30 minutes away, rather than go to one of the many local theaters. Again, cool, cool. So here we are, driving down this dark road in bumfuck New Jersey, and I'm trying to start a conversation, but he's kind of just nodding his head, giving me one-word answers. I'm just assuming he's nervous or something, so I try to keep things light and bring him out of his shell because I always think I can make anyone smile with this bubbly-ass personality of mine. Oh like, my god, me. Like, fucking smile, bro. I put on makeup. <laughs> yes! But it wasn't really working, so now I'm all in my head like, oh no, he doesn't like me, Where? When suddenly he turns off the music, which wasn't even loud, I turned and looked at him, and he says while still looking straight out the windshield onto the road, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry for what I'm about to do. What? Inner monologue. What the ever loving actual fuck is fucking happening? (laughs) Okay, so a little bit about me real quick. I'm one of those people who always has a plan, knows where the exits are, and I'm generally pretty good under pressure. I literally plan for the apocalypse all the time because I ain't about to be stuck with no supplies when the world is going to shit and I have literally no faith in humanity anymore. Anyway... So he says this and immediately my heart drops. I don't say a word. I just start to formulate a plan. My right hand is nervously feeling around the seat for some type of weapon. And I'm calculating our speed to gauge the damage that would potentially do to myself if I had to jump out of the car. Then he starts saying, I'm really sorry. I really don't want to do this to you, but I have to. What? So I'm like, what are you talking about? Do what? He doesn't answer, so now I'm pissed. Like, fuck that noise, broski. Extremely terrified at this point because there is absolutely no way I can overpower this guy. At 5'1", like, I think I'm a tough-ass bitch, but I don't think I'd be able to take down a man twice my size even though I would try damn hard to fuck him up. This is when I remember my phone and slowly start to grab my purse as inconspicuously as possible. I'm visibly shaking at this point, but I'm determined to get out of this situation. I pull my phone out and start to text my best friend and roommate exactly where I am and as much information about him as I can. He looks over and sees me frantically typing and starts laughing hysterically. This motherfucker starts apologizing. He starts going on and on about how it was a joke and not to worry he was just messing around with me. I'm still absolutely terrified and the adrenaline pumping through my body is next level. My best friend calls my phone freaking out and I answer. I tell creepy douche canoe to pull over to the next place we see and although he protests, he does what I ask. I get out and tell him to fuck the way off and go inside the diner we stopped at and wait for my best friend to pick me up. So all goes back to normal. I have an amazing year at college and ended up transferring closer to home to finish up my degree. I stayed extremely close to my roommate and best friend while she continued to finish school there. 
During what was our senior year at college, I get a call from my friend who proceeds to tell me that the crazy fucker who pulled that shit was arrested for beating up his girlfriend in one of the dorms on campus. So he was legit insane. It still terrifies me when I think about that night, especially after what he ended up doing in the future. I'm so thankful that my friend called me that night as I feel that was a deterrent from a more sinister ending. So anyway, that's my story about one of the worst first dates in the history of first dates. And honestly, I'm pretty pissed that I didn't even get dinner out of it. So remember, don't go out with a potential murderer because you prioritize free food over your safety. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Creep it real. Oh my gosh. First, I thought he might have just like had to fart. You know, be like, I'm so sorry I have to do this to you. I don't want to, but I'm all but like, okay. But like, he didn't have a plan after that. Like, you can't prove to me that you weren't going to murder me. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just joking. You're like talking to your friend. Like, I'm joking. <laughs> you have a phone? I'm just joking. You yeah. Know, like, no, no, no. I need like something to have happened to be like, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. That was way, way, way bizarre. Like, I like dark Humor, that's not dark humor. That's not dark humor. That's like those comedians that say really rude shit. They're like, oh, it's just comedy. And it's like, yes, but then you're like literally saying that. Think Like, I don't even know. You know what I mean? You can't be an asshole and then blame it on comedy. And you can't be a creeper and blame it on, I was just joking. Right. Oh my gosh. I am so glad that you got out the phone because... That's another thing too. Like if you were just trying to be really sneaky and like not got your phone out and just like texted, like help me, you know what I mean? Like just had some like rando text sent to your friends. At least he saw the phone and was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Because, you know, normally you'd want to be like hiding so they didn't know that you were texting for help or anything. Oh my gosh. Like who says that? That creepy motherfucker. That's who. Yeah. Like, uh-uh. That, uh-uh. But sounds like you have a husband now and some kids and so you're living your best life. And he has a new friend in jail probably. I was going to say he has an arrest record so... Yeah. I'm sure he found love in jail. Love on the inside. Isn't that a show? Uh, love in lockup or lockup. Love dear in lockup. Love while in, I don't know. Well, I hope he gets the life he deserves. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all. The last one. Warning. This story is probably not the best story for children. So beware. First off, I just wanted to say thank you both for making me laugh. I struggle with anxiety and I listen to your podcast every day, all day. So this story takes place in my bed. Before you go there, don't. Actually do. Because it definitely involves some spicy ass dreams. Lately, I've been having some very vivid fun time dreams. Now, of course, we all go through this. But the one thing that I think, emphasize on think, is different about mine through communicating with other people is that I can physically feel the things that are going on in the dream. Obviously, this isn't really a bad thing per se. So I wake up in the morning and I am totally and 1000% okay with these dreams. Anyways, I'm scrolling through TikTok one morning, which is usually the first thing I do. I like to make excuses and claim that it's starting my day off right by giving me a laugh, but it's definitely just an addiction. So I'm scrolling through TikTok and I get this random ass TikTok about wet dreams. This lady, one of those account types that's into crystals, tarot card readings, auras, and energy, that type of thing, is trying to tell me that I am being preyed on by an incubus. What is an incubus, you ask? Basically, it's a sex demon feeding off your energy. She said that if you're having very vivid sex dreams and you're able to physically feel what's going on, you are being preyed on by a demon. 
Usually I would scroll past and give it no thought. However, she did mention another symptom of this is finding random ass bruises on your body. No joke, I've been finding bruises all over my knees recently. What a weird place. Anyways, I know for a fact that these knee bruises are not for my own fun time activities because let's face it, your girl isn't getting any fun time. Your girl is a plant lady at best. Seriously, I can't even stand up straight when a guy even glances in my direction. (laughs) So I'm sure it's just a coincidence that my dreams are vivid and I have bruises in places that you may typically get bruises from doing extracurricular activities as such. I think it's kind of funny. Just wanted to share with you ladies. Hopefully it could be a lighter story amongst the others. Meg. Meg, you are one of those people that's like, I think it's funny and it's not real, right? It's not real. Don't you think it's not real? Like it's totally not real though, right? It's funny, right? (laughs) Girl, it's real. It is real. I remember my first dream ever where I kissed a boy. I can still tell you who he is. His name was Ricky. Does it end with a W? No. A D? No. Who the fuck Ricky? But- I can remember, again, like I said, that very first dream, and, like, I could actually feel the kiss in Oh, my, my God. Like, I still remember it to this day and the feel. Oh, my God. You know, like, the first time you ever touched tongues with somebody, it kind of was weird. Touch tongues? You know never say about. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, you know, like, it was kind of a weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. kind of weird, right? Yeah, and yeah. now it's not anymore, but, like, it was, it was kind of weird. Yeah. It was that. Unless not a good kiss there, and then it's weird again. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it was. It was that weird, like, tongue Ooh. feel. Can you never say touch and touch? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is cringe. Oh my gosh. Well, hopefully it's not a, a an incubus unless you're into it and then have fun. I mean, hey, if you're not getting play in the real world, at least get it in the afterlife. <laughs> like, She's not dead. I, I know, but they are. The incubus? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think so, right? Because if it's a demon, then they're not dead. Well, they're not alive. But they're not unalived. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. I'm kind of making this up as we talk. <laughs> but I'm just saying, look, if there's no harm. <laughs> but if it's a demon, there is, ma'am. I mean, don't we have a, a little demon in all of us? Okay. Well, thank y'all so much for sending in these <laughs> stories. Hey, and if you're- She got a demon inside her. And uh, if you're wondering where we are, because you're like, hey, when are y'all going to read my story? We are in the kind of the middle of April of 2021. So, you know, if you've sent in a story before that and it hasn't ever gotten read, let us know because we read them all. So somehow it got missed. But if you want your story read, you know the drill. Send it in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.